This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. This episode is also brought to you by myself. If you haven't already heard, I've been working on a passion project called Cardfolio. It's going to be an app that'll let you scan your cards onto your phone and add them to your virtual binder. Your virtual binder allows you to keep track of not only what you own, but you'll also be able to keep track of what you need. Are you chasing a shadowless master set? If so, Cardfolio will be able to help you keep track of your progress towards your goal so that it makes it easier to achieve it. Cardfolio doesn't just catalog your collection and manage your collecting goals, it will also allow you to see your collection like an actual investment portfolio. This means you'll be able to see how much your collection is worth, how that value has changed over time, and how your collection value breaks down by item type. For example, how much do you have in raw cards versus slab cards versus sealed items? If all of this sounds like an app you would like to download, then join my early access waiting list. I'll keep you updated with app progress, mockups, and when it's available, early beta access. So it'll be fun and it'll be great. The link for the early access waiting list will be in the description below. So go ahead and sign up if that's something that you're interested in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to season three of the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast, where we apply financial and investing principles to our favorite hobby collectibles like Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, comic books, Fortnite cards, you name it, we talk about it all. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host, Jess. So let's get started with collecting things that we love like damn adults. Here's today's episode. People education and sharing is what is what grows a hobby and is what keeps a hobby interesting and, and engaging for people and mm-hmm. so um and so i think that something like that it, you know i think it's part of why there's so many of these eras in the 30s and 40s and 50s where it's like it's just non-existing on social media and i'd like to bring some of that stuff back you know back into people's attention and awareness because there's such cool stuff you know let's do it let's bring wax packs back because i don't have that many but I have Batman, the movie, the original uh, yeah. Michael Keaton uh, Batman. And then I also have, um, oh, my God, season three Star Trek TNG. Like, so nerdy. I don't know how how nerdy, how much nerdier you can get with that. I don't know if you're a TNG fan, but, yeah, I have that, too. <laughs> I've <things> always. <laughs> and these things are, you know, in, in most of these boxes are very affordable. When you start getting. Yeah. So the it's 90s nice. ones are very affordable. 80s pretty affordable then you start getting into like 70s 60s and they start to become really really expensive and hard to find mm-hmm. they're things like they did like a bunch of tv shows like gilligan's island has like a tops box like these things like i've never even seen <laughs> i didn't know that i've only seen the box and the pack wrappings and the cards i've never actually seen uh a, a, a still full box there's Do also you have any of the star wars they're not, they're not wrapped these boxes and so mm-hmm. there's a lot of fears around faking and forgeries and it's a whole yeah. thing is, 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 you know, very easy to reseal and fake. So mm. 
a lot of potential problems and all of that, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, do yeah. you, do you do any of the, uh, Star Wars tops cards? Those, uh, those scene so like, picture cards? It's, yeah. So like, I think 1977 was like the first yeah. one. Honestly. Yeah. The yellow border, I think. Yeah. There's or... a blue. So I think the blue was first. There's a okay. red, green, yellow. There are a lot of different color ones. Um, so I don't, I don't actually like them that much. You know, for me, I'm less into scenes of movies I'm more into kind of like original art or, or, you know, um, um, stuff that's, that's drawn for me personally, generally, I'm more and more driven, more, um, moved to that. What I actually love though, are the booster box art and the pack art. I actually mm -hmm. prefer the pack art and the booster boxes and the cards themselves. That being said, I still think it's cool and everyone should have like a Luke, a Luke Skywalker tops, you know, Definitely. <laughs> you know, I think that they're really cool. And, and they've gone up in value because I think a number of people had that, had that idea. Um, but for me, it's just sort of that scene from the, from the movie and it just doesn't, but interestingly score DBZ is the same way, but for some reason, because it's animated, it like doesn't bother me. <laughs> you, you have a preference to drawings. It's totally cool. <laughs> of, our, of, our, of our things there, but yeah. Do you have any, um, so you've talked about, comics a little bit do you have any of like uh, like uh, like the first like the first appearance for example of luke skywalker um or any of those old like vintage style comics i have zero comics so far i only have like um non like very very cheap comics i have nothing <laughs> worth over ten dollars <laughs> oh man yeah you know it's, you know a lot about the market so i figured like oh maybe i know some, yeah. comics yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know a few things that. i mean i've been following the comic book market for like over 10 years mm -hmm. so i love like the comic book men and i love like like those like just i don't know and for me i love the marvel universe and i love but for me i just i never needed to spend the money or own the comics because i think i just never was into comics themselves that much but i love the art on comics I'm someone who could absolutely get into comic collecting and, and love it a lot. But I think for me, they were fairly expensive and, and cards were just so cheap and cards actually connected to my life a lot more. Cause I collected tons of cards when I was a kid. Mm, that makes for me, sense. For me, I just went to cards. And again, like with these Superman things, it has the same art style as like the, the comic books and comic books are so cool. Cause it's like a bigger, you know, cool version of that. With the book. <laughs> so but, true. But yeah, yeah, for me, I, I'm not a big into video game collecting, because for me, I actually liked the game and, and playing the game. I think I feel that a little bit with comic books, that when you grade them, you, you can't, you're not really looking through and flipping through the pages a little bit, whereas I like the card, you, you experience the whole card for what it is. That being said, the cover is amazing. So for me, video games, like so many of the games, I don't think the covers are that great and yet people are paying a lot. It's like the game is great. The characters are great. The story is great. It doesn't necessarily make sense to me. Um, so mm -hmm. very much on like, you know, value, 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 and like figuring out, yeah, what, what do you value? Why do you value? How does it connect to your life and other people's lives? That sort of thing. Mm. I, I, I really love that. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely, I definitely understand that. Do you think, um, so have you heard from reserved investments, the grading company that's now going to grade like single comic book pages? Oh, have you heard of that? No. Oh, okay. Um, 
would you so so if like let's say for example you wanted to see the first appearance of venom right let's say venom is like your guy and so the first appearance of venom ever in the world uh which would obviously probably be in a comic i'm sure would you would you buy a comic page like a graded comic book page of where like venom first showed up because it's got the art it's got historical value and it's probably a little bit cheaper than getting like the actual full comic itself i think it's interesting so i think that so one thing that's very interesting is like book collecting and famous books and that single pages of like the gutenberg bible are Mm. worth on so there's there's already a lot of history and there's a lot to learn if you're going to get into the comic books what i would want to do is i'd want to study the vintage book market um, uh, to understand what's happening there um, and where that value comes from because there's going to be quite a big risk in it and there's going to be interest like different people are going to create narratives someone's going to say it's damaging it and it's ruining it and it sucks and someone else is going to say i really think it's cool now they're going to be people who are manipulating that because they can make a lot more money by taking so one thing that happens with with the old book market there will be books that have illustrations, beautiful illustrations, and you can actually make more money destroying an old book and selling the individual pages out to a lot of different people than just selling the book itself. Wow. And you might see that happen in comic books where people are destroying comic books to sell the individual pages. So, you know, it'll be interesting, but I know I had, I didn't hear that someone was going to start to grade it, but that's, that's where my, my mind goes, you know, mm. and again, being steeped, in all of these collectibles like antiques right like you know that's that's what is going to help you i think have the best chance of predicting where the demand and and what where where stuff is going to go by seeing where it went historically when when other hobbies tried that and then following the money like understanding why people are doing that you should be careful because there's that incentive just like with modern pokemon and a lot of Yeah, that's that's so true. I think when I started listening to creators like reserved investments and sort of like taking a step back and thinking about like collectibles and uh, like antiques in in those markets and and realizing that, you know, people like Harry Rinker, he already had the blueprint to what I was trying. I've been trying to figure out and learn for myself. He's already got the blueprint. He's 30 plus years deep into this, like longer than maybe we've probably been alive, (laughs) you know, into, into antiques. And so, you know, being exposed to that information has completely really helped refine like to me, a lot of things, because the other thing too, to your point, you know, going back to what you mentioned before about Rudy, you know, saying, staying the course, holding for the long term, and, and talking about like Hummel toys and how, well, that didn't really work out for people or Beanie Babies, that not really working out. You know, he sure. at least. Examples, countless examples, you know. So everyone always says, well, Pokemon's not Beanie. It's like, I could sit here and I could list you probably 25 examples just off the top of my head, you know, from studying different markets where they were hot and then they died. And then they, exactly. And, and, and knowing that and, and comparing those, those collectibles, you know, I think is really useful because then you can sit down and make good decisions. I mean, for, for a long time, I thought all of the Pokemon that I had bought that had, you know, five, three, four, five, whatever X, like I was going to hold it because Rudy was telling me to stay the course and I was just going to hold everything. Um, but then I realized like, you know, some of these items probably have a ceiling. 
and so some of these items, you know, this might be the peak for them at around this time. And if it's an item that I don't really care about, why not just cash out and move that into something else that I actually do like more? And so that's actually started getting me into, you know, learning and 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 getting a good flow of uh, you know, items in, items out, because then I can move that into, you know, Fortnite, which is obviously what I've been doing. I brought this up a number of times already. So, you know, you know that I've been moving stuff into Fortnite, but it's been really nice because I'm looking at things and I like, I just, there are some things that I obviously just bought to buy that was, I thought was a good deal or, you know, just bought to buy because it was a first edition PSA 10 and I bought it. And then now I'm like, eh, I don't really care about it so much. Um, but then I have other things that I do care about. So, so it, cause for me, I've always been like, the buyer more than the seller and now i'm trying to like balance those those things and sometimes i have a really hard time of doing that but i've been getting better at it because it's like okay going back to opportunity cost this card was worth the initial buy now i'm at a point where i can you know i can make paper gains on this card let's just go ahead and do it because i don't care about not having it and then move that into something that i do like um which you know something that i was going to ask you uh, because, you know, you're obviously a collector and an investor. If you had to, you know, how, how, how are you more of one than the other? Do you try to balance? Um, how do you, how do you balance your collector and investing side? So I'm definitely a huge collector, you know, and will always be, it's just, just, you know, uh, I think the vast majority of people are, who are interested in any of this stuff. Um, my investment style and strategy as a value investor I ideally like to buy things and hold them for a very long time. So when you're when you are buying and selling something and you're flipping something, you have to be right twice. So you have to buy the right ah. item and then you have to sell it at the right time. So for example, hmm. tons of items that if you had sold literally a year ago, right before the boom, and you had held for four years, you would have lost money on that that you six X or eight X on, right? So there's there's um, whereas when you buy something that you believe in long-term and has really good fundamentals, whether it's a stock, real estate, you know, or a Pokemon card, which is kind of crazy, but we, we're doing it. <laughs> um, uh, and, 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 you know, is, is a, you know, finite store of value for sure. And, and, and we'll always have value to some, to some extent, but um, just like art. But um, yeah, it's um, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Um, <laughs> um you were talking about um, oh, being a value investor, right? You were saying mm-hmm. you were asking me was I more an investor or collector? So for me, it, they go hand in hand a lot. So for me, the stuff I like is often the stuff that I think is the best investment. Often, um, not always, and I have like separate binders and like lo- it's great when it's not because oftentimes those things are like really cheap and I can just you know enjoy that like Korean stuff. It's just like, yeah. Um, but a lot of the time it's the same, it's the same type of stuff. Um, and, um, and I buy things to really like hold them for extremely long time. So a lot of what I sold this year, I had absolutely no plan to sell, but the market went up so, so fast on things like particularly like unlimited base. And there were certain items that I just knew that there was so much out there. And I knew my friends were grading like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these cards like like trying to get them 
out and then into the market as quickly as possible. And I just did not believe that the market was going to particularly on things like that be able to sustain. And I, I actually am, to your point, fairly doubtful that not necessarily doubtful, it's possible, but I wouldn't be surprised if it never gets back, if some of these cards never get back up. Like if, yeah. if a nine unlimited Charizard ever gets back to $7,000, which I sold one for, or 6,500, 6,000 that they were selling for. You know, now they're all the way down to 1,000, 1,500. You know, could they get back to six, 7,000? Sure. Is it going to take very, very likely an extremely long time? Yes. And the hobby doing very well over a number of times. That's a humongous fall. And, a, you know, a humongous amount to, to go back up. And there are just so many of them. And there are so many continuing to be graded all the time. And there's so much base set sealed product and unlimited base set sealed product is going to continue to get opened. Mm -hmm. know, Absolutely. So it's, um, I think for me, it was identifying the, the less rare, higher demand items at where the demand basically lifted up so quickly that all of those Charizards sitting in people's closets and, and, and binders and all these sorts of things didn't have a chance to, to get graded to come back out. So I sort of sold in that hype kind of mania window before a lot of the stuff came back. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what I suggest. I always suggest people do is like, you know, that's the time to sell. Otherwise I just like wouldn't sell because unless you don't like something anymore, because you know, whenever you sell, you have to pay taxes and you have to guess right a couple of times. And yeah. You're just accumulating risk. And it's, and, and again, not a financial advisor with how I invest in stocks and how my dad, my dad's a financial advisor, how he's kind of taught me and how he's always done buy good companies and then ride and stay in those companies until something fundamentally changes. Yeah. Not be in and out of things, trying to time things. Don't be buying things you don't understand. Understand the companies you're buying into. You know, as Warren Buffett says, don't, you're not buying a stock, you're buying a company. You're buying mm -hmm. into a company. And so you have to understand and, and, and value that company. So that's how I also buy collectibles. I understand them. I feel like I, I try to understand them. I understand their historical value, their historical place. And so I'm not anxious about the the day to day. My anxiety this year was largely for other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like my sleepless nights were largely for the just the insanity. And and I was a little bit, I will say I was a little bit of afraid of the of the what was going to happen to the hobby in terms of the toxicity. And, mm -hmm. and a little bit afraid of I really don't um trust a, these influence a lot of these big influencers. To me, they seem like people who are very focused on, they kind of move from one thing to the next and make a lot of money in one thing to the next. And they kind of go wherever the hype is. Sometimes they create the story and the hype, but they have very short attention spans. They seem themselves. And then they also tend to move on to other things. And, and I just, I really cared about this space. And, and I, I was very skeptical about what that energy would do, at least in the interim. But I think, I'm a lot calmer now about it and <laughs> I think things will be okay. Um, things have fallen a lot, but I think that, you know, hopefully a lot of people are okay and didn't get too hurt by that and, and still want to be here. And, you know, it's, it's, we'll see what happens now with prices. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, but um, so. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I definitely, um, I've definitely had had those thoughts too because I've seen even some of those people now starting to move into Fortnite, which you know I'm, I'm totally cool with. I, I don't necessarily yeah. uh, take it as a bad thing. Uh, the only thing that 
I, you know, Fortnite is something new. Fortnite, there isn't that much information out there. Um, it's very nuanced and you have to be careful because you have to know what you're buying. And, and it's hard to find that information. I mean, there are definitely a few creators, including myself, that know some things. But if they've never been exposed to our side of Instagram and yeah. they're only listening to those creators, I mean, they're they're probably not going to get the full picture of things um, because Fortnite is not cheap. It is not cheap at all. And it's just so crazy, honestly, to think that this... Yeah you know, game, I mean, these cards after two, not even a half years, you know, two and a few months old are already doing these numbers. I mean, sometimes I forget that we are in the age of the internet. So I'm thinking like, fuck, you know, Pokemon and all these other things, you know, they didn't do these numbers so quickly. Like how is Fortnite doing these things? And then, and then I have to remember, oh, wait, this came out during the internet. These things matter. And, and, and technology, tends to um you know from certain perspectives when it when it kind of levels the playing field and and increases accessibility it also can increase growth um yeah, and sure, the speed like, to growth are, like the most expensive fortnite cards going for <laughs> okay so the number one card right now is going to be the black knight crystal shard long story short it's just a type of hollow right yeah. um and these cards super rare uh i want to say maybe like the the mint the gem mint version of this card i want to say across all the grading companies that pops right now we're looking at maybe about 23 25 somewhere around there so very low pop uh just recently went on an auction and sold for around 23k um but previously before that i can't remember when if it was earlier this year or last year um it sold for about 50k um yeah so, so there's, there's a lot of money movement already. And, you know, there's definitely parts to this that are insanely speculative. And so there's a lot of risk. If you're not fully educated, if you're not fully educated, you, you will get hosed. You can get hosed. I mean, the, the, you know, cheapest that we're looking on some cards, you know, we're already looking at 20 bucks on, on a lot of the raw cards, right? How much and, has the game been out? Fortnite itself? Uh, no yeah, the, idea. The cards, I mean, yeah, yeah. The cards, they've only been out for about a year and a few months. So they came out in July 2019. I, that's crazy. I would mm -hmm. have anything at those prices. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. so, you know, but I mean, MetaZoo's insane. People are spending mm -hmm. $40,000 for MetaZoo cards. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's, um, it's really really speculative like it's you're you're talking about like if these things become huge hits like like mega generation hits for example and i think fortnite has a better chance than something like metazoo which doesn't even have like it's literally like a brand new i like ip and an idea and concept fortnite is a everyone knows fortnite particularly young people um mm -hmm. you know but again will be the cards right but <laughs> but you know yeah. but but Right. But it's, it's at least it has that. Whew. You know, yeah. You know, we could be talking about hundreds of thousands one day. Um, you know, yeah. I, I just, it really scares me. These things that are all like all in mint condition. And then I would never pay for a 10 for all of you out there. Like, like, because these are all in mint condition. So the difference between a 10 and a nine is like literally a little bit of like whitening or centering, or it's like, it's not like, it's, 
Like you should only really be paying up for huge things like that when they're really old things where it's like actually extremely difficult to even get mint cards. That's the only time I would ever pay up for grading. I always prefer absolute rarity over condition rarity in the long run. You're just taking a tremendous gamble on buying things like that. That being said, it's your money. And hopefully people who are buying those like have the money, right? And it's just like yeah. and enjoyable. Um, but yeah. And when I say you're taking a tremendous gamble, it's not me saying like it, that that can't go up or that 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 can't possibly be a thing. But you're really banking on like people and multiple generations connecting with that and with those cards and really caring about them. And you mm-hmm. know. yeah, I think I think you know for as much excitement as there is right now, and and you know Fortnite is much more exciting to me right now. You do also have to temper that. You you can't just blah you know just just go into something you 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 do have to you do have to temper yourself and i think uh to your point um you know when it comes to you buying stock you're buying the brand ultimately your your bet is on the company uh for me my bet is on literally the fortnite brand um because and and i think you know, taking Pokemon, MetaZoo, and Fortnite and kind of comparing those and even like Flesh and Blood, like just thinking about all those things, all those different brands and kind of comparing them and see like where the differences lie, right? Pokemon impacted so many people, (laughs) a a number of generations now in so many different ways. You could connect to the brand in so many different ways. If you weren't into the anime, you could connect with the games, which connect with the card. And there's a lot of different ways you could do that, right? In Fortnite right now, you can only primarily connect with it in the game, but you can also do toys and you can also do those cards things. But, But the other thing too with Fortnite is they have the backbone just kind of like Pokemon to expand out. And to do much more and have much more touch points. And I think, you know, to your point as well with MetaZoo, MetaZoo is 120% really speculative, very risky. Now, now with MetaZoo, what I think is really interesting is, you know, and, and I know you had the creator on uh, your YouTube which was a really interesting conversation to listen to. And I've also listened to the interview with Rudy because I really wanted to understand, you know, like, like, what are my thoughts on MetaZoo? And, you know, some of the numbers are really crazy. Do I like hype? Do I like FOMO? No. But what's really interesting to me about MetaZoo that I don't want to necessarily count them out per se is because he has a plan to build a media company, to build a content, you know, like, and, and I think that, at least um, I, like he's on the right path if he wants to build it as a phenomenon. And, you know, of course, it's going to come down to resources and and the decisions that he makes and him and his yeah. investors and everyone else makes, which will be really interesting to see. But then comparing that to Flesh and Blood, they are they are only a game, strictly a game. And that's all they have to to die on, you know, to die on their sword is just the game, which the cards are cool. Very much like the cold foils. Um, very interesting. I, I have I have Flesh and Blood. You know, I haven't opened up a box, but but I do want to open up one to kind of get a feel for the cards better and get a feel for the game and whatnot. But they they aren't a media company. So how will they connect with generations? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think those are issues. I mean, with for me, I mean, other things to think about MetaZoo is MetaZoo doesn't own the IP to mm-hmm. cryptids. Yeah. So, like any card company could start in making tons of cryptid cards and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it, they own the brand of MetaZoo, which isn't a thing, wasn't a thing before a few months ago. And like Sam and some of the, the characters that they've made to interact with these like cryptids that nobody can own. So who knows? 
who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, like with Fortnite, I would worry that there might be other Fortnite cards in the future that people like a lot more than these. That's definitely um, possible. I mean, that happened with DBZ. Um, you know, so I, I'd be, there's a lot of things I'd be worried about. Um, and the fact that it, is it kids? Are kids really into them? Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, we, I'm, I'm, that's what I'd be really wanting, right? For that, something like that. Yeah. It, um, you, you bring up a lot of really good points. And I think, you know, everyone should be thinking about those things, you know, rather than just listening, for example, to a voice like me who just loves it and is really biased on these things. But, those those are other things that i talk about too and and children kids freaking love it it it's definitely touched multiple generations so we're seeing uh young millennials um and then gen z and then i think the newest generation is like alpha gen uh i don't really know the name but the but the but the youngest youngest children that that can actually play games are are connecting with fortnite um and our, and our game not the because the, the video the the actual game itself i is humongous i know that but yeah like the game itself are people playing yeah the cards, people collecting the cards like kids so so what's funny about the cards is and and this might freak you out too there is no playability with the cards whatsoever they oh, are just okay. a thing yeah yeah, yeah. The, they're no, they're really bother me yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think it can be a potential issue. It, it certainly puts a risk, you know, yeah. it, 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 then it just, it can only depend on the, on the collectability aspect, but. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of other sort of strange, I guess I call it strange cause it's sort of like an un- unexpected impact, but yeah. um, hearing about Panini, for example, and not being able to now in about a year or so, uh really print baseball and other sports cards like they used to um they have these they have soccer to to lean on um and and then just other you know non-sports cards um so so what's really interesting is we're gonna see a series three literally drop next week on wednesday so that'll be interesting to see i i wasn't able to get much of series two we'll see what happens with series three um but but I love the idea of actually seeing Panini go all in on Fortnite because sometimes like I talk to some collectors and they're like, you know, it feels like Fortnite was an afterthought for Panini. And that makes sense because they have this huge sports business. It it makes total sense. But now they can actually put more behind Fortnite. How does that change things? So I think what happens is all of a sudden like, print runs are huge and we see multiples of so so many freaking cards and then so well what does that do to series one and series two that are already out well honestly i I think it makes them more valuable um but i mean that's just my bet i would worry that fortnite could sell the rights to other card makers and it's could partner with magic you know we've heard that like other sorts of things and what that would do but i think that your, your two big issues are going to be, are kids actually connecting to the cards and are they going to want to collect the cards and then recollect their cards? As yes. And then the other part of that mode is going to be, can why these cards and not some other Fortnite cards or some other thing. Mm-hmm. But, if, but, but I, but I also, you know, can be on record here, you know, these could be like hundred thousand dollar cards, multiple hundred thousand dollar cards because Fortnite is so huge and it could be multi-generational. So it 100% can have that sort of upside, you know, um mm-hmm. it's 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 one of those things of like you just have to be you have to be careful, careful. and you have to know what you're doing yeah yeah you, yeah, you, you have to try to educate yourself basically a lot 
you know, of, of, of whatever, you know, and just like really enjoy them like you. Right. And just, it's fine. You know, I'm happy to have these things mean something to me and, and I want to own them and they're rare and it's exciting and I'm okay. I don't need to sell them ever. Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, these are conversations, honestly, you know, I didn't expect us to talk about Fortnite, but what mm -hmm. am I talking about? I, like it's me. So of course I'm going to talk to Fortnite about everyone, but it's really interesting actually to get your perspective. <laughs> no, I should learn more about it. And I, you know, I looked into it a little bit, like mm -hmm. um, I thought about just picking up some boxes at one point um, because I just, you know, I didn't go too deep. Obviously, I didn't even know it didn't have a game on it. But I, you know, I was seeing them around a little bit. And I was thinking to myself, um, you know, I work with a lot of kids and just, mm -hmm. I just know how many kids play and I know how much they spend on, you know, but interestingly, I'm the battle passes. Yeah, like an NFT ish thing with Fortnite. I'm waiting for some video game NFT digital collectibles with Fortnite. And I'm wondering how those are going to Same. Um, Same. Yeah, because I think Fortnite, and I also think um, the other one I said earlier on, um, uh, mm. what's the other big, yeah, that video game? Oh, um, oh, uh, Minecraft. Minecraft. These yeah. types of things. Like, there just has to be some collectability around them at some point, but it could all be digital and online and stuff that you can then use and incorporate into the game, so. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's funny because people have really strong like feelings to for to, to NFTs and we can, um, you know, actually, before I make that point, I just realized that it's nine o'clock my time, 10 o'clock your time. Um, <laughs> yep. If you need to hop off whenever, just let me know, because I do have Let's just at least. Were. Sorry. Let me, ch I'm going to check quickly to see what's going on with it. Yeah. No, but I'm I'm all good to keep going. No problem. Oh, cool. So let's see what they were charging. Yeah, what are they getting at now? Um, let me. I'm gonna pull up my feet as well because I know I know Rudy was talking about how he was really feeling very positive about Innistrad. Oh, I would not have bought this. All good. <laughs> Sweet. I'm selling them for like high, like that's like what I could get them elsewhere. Mm. Fair. I will say people on Rudy's Patreon and patron, they pay absurdly high prices once in a while. It seems like they don't even, not on this one so much, but I saw people pay uh, $200 each for like Nazarick, like Weiss boxes. And you can get those for like 110, 120, 130. Mm, like, yeah. No. So even though on TCG player and the, like, cause Rudy, I, I think just goes on TCG player and Amazon. Um, and um and he and the, the lowest was 200 and then he like undercuts it a little bit but like if yeah. you're digging you can find those quite a bit cheaper so yeah i guess just like a psa just to like be careful like you know you should check like double check because <laughs> you could be able to get it get it cheaper i always do that <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm definitely with you on that there are some things like if i was able to get the meta zoo i'm i was like I was working, I was doing shit. And so the last super awesome MetaZoo boxes couldn't get it because I freaking forgot about it. But I mean, like something like that, that's really hard to get. I just don't mind if if that's within my price range and I'm willing to go for it. But I, I'm with you though. You do want to just check. I mean, in general. Yeah. Um, like Rudy offered a good price tonight, for example, on these Anistra boxes, but it's not like incredible. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. it's like I can probably get that or near that. And if I wait, it'll probably go lower. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. 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 Um, I definitely agree. And, and going back to Fortnite and you kind of thinking about getting into some Fortnite and opening up some boxes. Um, so just some thoughts. Uh, they're kind of expensive. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of <laughs> it. Um, yeah. And I just, I was collecting a number of other things and I just saw more value and other things for myself too. Yeah. It's also, I don't have any connection with Fortnite myself. So part of it's that too, that it's just like, like, you know, I can see the upside or the opportunity or whatever, but like, because I don't have that personal connection, one, I don't think I'm going to have good instincts on like what is going to be collectible or enjoyable within that. Yeah. And two, um, it's just not as much fun. Although I just love colorful cardboard and rarity and chase. So I'm sure any, like, I can collect things I know nothing about and still like enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Same. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> like anything that's rare or like opening packs, even if it's filled with a bunch of things I don't know about, I still like it. I um, know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, one of the things that really got me with Fortnite was just because of how awesome I thought the cards were designed. Like I like like the backdrop with the skin i mean first off the fortnite skins are designed very cool like there are so many cool random ones that i'm like oh i like i like rosa she's she's cool oh i like lux that's cool and then on top of that like how they designed the cards looks amazing i mean um okay uh i'll just pull out a few yeah please yeah i mean i've, I've seen them a fair amount oh you have okay oh, yeah yeah i don't know i have yeah yeah i mean i mean i oh, just I'm, love would love to see them again. I didn't of mean course. to not see them. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> no I'm you're interested in seeing people's collections. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so, so these cards, <laughs> go ahead. Pattern. yeah, no. So these are the crystal shards um, and these are USA print. So that's, that's another thing too. So they were printed in Italy, in Brazil and the U S the U S I think were the first ones to come out, or at least for a long time, those were the only ones that I saw. And it's uh, like an educated guess, probably they have the shortest print run versus Italy. Uh, so those cards tend to be a little cheaper. Those boxes tend to be a little cheaper in all those tins. Um, and you could tell because it says on the back, it says printed in Italy, printed in Brazil, printed in the US. So that's something that you always want to look at, um, especially on the boxes too, depending on what you were going to get. So honestly, if you were to like grab a box, probably the cheapest ones, that might be the most fun depending on how much you want to spend might be the Italy mega boxes or just, or just the Italian boxes in general. They also have tins. If, if you want to, if you want to learn a set or learn some cards by just opening one or two, that would be a really good place to go. I think like on the cheaper end of it, I wouldn't buy any of the USA print and start opening those up. No, 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 no. Because have you, have you heard of the pull rates on these boxes? It's stupid. Like, like if you've tried to chase a rookie card for any modern baseball cards or basketball or anything, it's even harder than that. Hmm. The pull rates are yeah. just stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, which is fine um, because that's just how they were. But um, yeah, so those cards, what I was showing you, like I just, the, the, the background, I just love it. They're great. They're awesome. These cards were, are from um, a hobby bundle that you could buy. Uh, right from Panini's website. So you get nine cards. They're series one promo cards. You would get a binder um, that you could put the cards in and then you'd get a hobby box. And what's funny about, about um, Fortnite is they have mega boxes 
and hobby boxes and then, you know, just normal packs and like smaller boxes and stuff like that. Um, you could also get fat pack boxes in series one. But anyways, uh, typically when it comes to sports, you want to get the hobby boxes, right? Because they got the cool inserts, the cool pools, like that's where you get the good shit versus just the normal boxes where it's just riskier, right? Um, unless it says, Hey, you know, five autos and this, whatever, whatever. Um, but what for Fortnite, it was the complete opposite because in Fortnite, you, the only way to get a crystal shard, which are these right here. So what I was showing you that those crystal shards, I'll just, ah, okay. My case is too good. I can't pull it out. But anyways, the crystal shards, you can only get those out of the mega boxes. So okay. you can only get two. Right. And, and, and then thinking about the pull rates for the hollow foils, those those pops are probably going to prove to be a bit bigger over time. But um, but the crystal shards, you know, you can only get those from the megas. And so that's why if you go online and you see a USA print mega for around fifteen hundred, you're like, well, why is it doing those prices? Why are people buying those cards is because they're chasing the crystal shards and the crystal shard cards came in these um uh, non see through packs. So I actually even saw people selling just that pack on eBay. I, I know a few people that have just those packs, which is literally just the crystal shard. So th that's really fun um, to collect. I don't have any of those. I just have a mega box. But um, if you're looking to just open like on the cheap end and you know, you're just looking to learn, I mean, definitely go for Italian tins, you know, a few hundred yeah. bucks, maybe. Um, um, what are there any like, big are any of the big fortnite creators on youtube into the cards um oh so like the gamers yeah um so because they're not... like millions and millions of subs right on some of these channels yeah like, yeah what, what's funny is what's funny is is the big fortnite gamers aren't yeah. quite there yet um but when that happens which it will like you think they'll get be... to the cards yeah, I think they will. Um, I think they will 100% because we've been seeing over the past year or so actual gamers get into the cards. So when the cards first came out, the cards did some really interesting shit because when people were first buying them, like myself, never played the game ever. I've only played the game once to this day, right? And I just love them. But but they were speculators and collectors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then also they were parents buying the cards for their kids because their kids liked the game. Fortnite. So it was like three people, speculators, just collectors and um, uh, parents, right? Or, and grandparents buying for their kids. So so we only recently saw, uh, you know, actual gamers come into the game and the reason are into the cards. And the reason why we were able to see that in the market is because random skins that were not really worth much before all of a sudden you know shot up in price we're just you know flying off the shelves um on ebay being sold like crazy people were trying to find certain cards like a peely a peely skin is the uh, banana skin and it's like a meme skin so um to my understanding like that's just how people were kind of trolling and they were trolling with that kind of skin Okay. Um, so that's why that's one reason why, uh, you know, a card, you know, might be very collectible because of the place that it holds in that gamers, you know, heart. <laughs> I don't know if that's Cordy, but but, you know, what kind of what kind of um, what kind of culture around that skin sort of developed? Um, because the one thing there, there's a few ways to to actually approach buying skins, you know, is what kind of um, 
impact do they have in the story? Which is another reason why I really love Fortnite and adds a layer of complexity is because there's a story behind Fortnite. And so, you know, what characters are playing big roles? You want to look at that, like Ice King. He's he's a he's a series two card and he had a huge impact in the actual story. So very interesting to think about. There's a lot of complexity to it and nuance. Um, I, I will say that, which is why, like, if you're if someone is just running into Fortnite because whatever, like you have to be careful because there's a lot of there's a lot of risk there. But yeah, it's why I was just going to buy some of the most expensive boxes and sit on them initially because it was just sort of like, well. That'll be the, you know, it's the same thing happened with Pokemon. You know, it's it, that sort of the, that's a lot easier and less risky-ish, you know, yes. than, than trying to pick which card from which set and understanding what's valuable and what why it's valuable. And particularly in something that's so new, as you said early on in the discussion, what's the most desirable now might not be in the future, et cetera, et cetera, versus, you know, Charizard at least has been the most expensive pokemon for a while <laughs> yeah that that's true that that's very true um honestly if you did i think it would be a great idea of course i'm biased <laughs> so you know always keeping wow. that in mind but <laughs> but i mean you know the others the other side of it too is you know about the market take yeah take a <laughs> position in fortnite don't worry look so, so, so Fortnite as a collector has really shaped how I also invest in things because when these first came out, I saw them at Target. Mega boxes were going for 20 bucks MSRP, right? And so I saw them, no one was buying them. So then I just started buying a few. And then every time I would see, I would buy a few more and buy a few more, buy a few more. Before you know it, at 24 boxes, I opened them all up, bought them at $20 before tax. Those are now worth $1,500 a piece right now and 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 at at the height of it in march i want to say they were going for three thousand right i don't know if i would call that a median price uh, um but you know i mean just looking at even if you bought at the fifteen hundred dollar price point like i did because yeah. i wanted it back i'm like i opened up 24 boxes i want i want a box back like it yeah. just for me, um, I still think it'll it's worth it. I still think it'll grow over time. I still think there's room. This is looking more like a floor right now, uh, based on how little hits the market. Um, whether or not you could argue there's maybe a little bit of market manipulation. That's always something that I kind of worry about. Um, yeah, these I personally I think these could go back down to a hundred dollars or fifty dollars. So what I would, but what it would take is a complete is like another Fortnite or more Fortnite games and or cards it would have to be like a complete decimation of the space which it sounds like i don't know nearly, nearly as much as you it sounds like that's not anywhere on the horizon at least right now where it feels like it's more like gonna grow probably from your perspective mm -hmm. you know? so i think that that i'm not saying that it's gonna do that or that you know but i do think that it's important like i've heard people say things like that right and then it, and then yeah. yeah so i think because it's just these things are cardboard and 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 it's a, it's cardboard that's only a year old i'm not trying to be rude i hope i'm not being but i yeah. i really don't take it that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time like i don't know anything about this right and so i think that that you know i'm sure that that you and your listeners and these sorts of things like they they probably understand those risks but also see the shamanist upside part of why I asked about the influencer question is because for me, that's key. It would be an influencer Absolutely. 
making videos and then millions of kids seeing that and then starting to buy it, collect it, which would make, you know, Panini or whatever, print more of them, more and more sets. You don't want that. You don't want them to ever stop. You need hundreds. You want hundreds of sets. And then that first set could be extremely valuable. And some of these cards would be extremely valuable. So yeah, yeah, that might, that might absolutely happen. Yeah, I mean, that is completely fair. Um, And I really don't take offense to like those kinds of things, because, you know, again, you have to temper optimism with, you know, reality. And that's part of the reason why I really like, you know, Pokegal. That's why I really like you. That's why I really like reserved investments, because you guys tend to get some heat telling people, ah, you're not going to make any money. Right. I mean, I've had those conversations with Pokegal before where she's talked to people and people have been angry and frustrated with her because she's just giving her honest opinion. And I don't think I I never take it as like a negative Nancy kind of thing. You know, it's hard to look at something fully when you come from your place of bias in context you know when you've bought a card at a thousand dollars you know you're hoping you're wanting you're wanting someone to tell you well you're wanting someone to validate your purchase right Right, at the end of the day and i mean you know there have been times where i've absolutely lost so so to me as a collector too i think the other thing is is that I feel like I have a layer of like a, a pain threshold, you know, for these kinds of things. And you probably do too. You, you probably do too. In all reality, people who've been in it for a while, um, you've seen the ups and downs of things. You've seen the outcomes no, of your yeah. decisions. I've been so insanely lucky. Yeah. With like the time that I got in that, like I've never bought a card that's less than what it is right now. There's not a single card in my That's time. amazing. <laughs> there might be one. There might be one DBZ, DBZ card I bought. Mm-hmm. everything else i could sell for the same or more than when i bought it that doesn't mean that i didn't sell i didn't sell everything at the height or whatever in that sense but that's not that's um if i keep buying that will not be sustainable yes so the stuff i'm buying right now that may like i may I, the, like odds are there's going to be things that that you know i'm buying for investment purposes for example this superman stuff or this batman stuff like who knows right like that that could go down or you know, and, mm-hmm. and I haven't made any money on those things yet. These are <laughs> purchases. Yeah. Yeah. One of this cool stuff, just like your Fortnite buys that have gone up so, 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 so much. It's like, even if they come down quite a bit, it's still an unbelievable, I mean, $20 to $1,500. That's crazy in terms yeah. of percentage growth. So that in and of itself scares me a little bit, but it's, um, for me, it's just, it's just that it, it, it's a game or it's not a game. It's a, it's a, a collectible that hasn't been out for even a year. And so I, I would wonder just how much is riding on this future idea that it's going to, that Fortnite is so huge and everyone's going to want the cards and it's going to be this amazingly huge thing. And I would just wonder how much that is causing a, only a few people to be very bullish and spend a lot of money when there really isn't that much depth of interest. But if you can get influencers and you can get kids interested, then then I would actually buy in. Like that would be a point if I saw that happening that I would that I would be more interested in buying in than before it than before that. Then because you know that that type of thing. So yeah. Um. But again, I bought in way before in Pokemon because I really believed in Pokemon and I think understood, you know. But it, but it came from that place of like we as kids were so obsessed with these cards that I think it is the problem here that people are so obsessed with the game, not necessarily the cards. 
the cards don't necessarily mean that much to anyone because they're only a year old. How much could they actually mean to people? You know, I don't know. So, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think that's a valid thought. I think, um, so I think it's yeah. still like, it's still just a, a theory, right? I think it's still just a theory, you know, how, how do, how will people, how will kids truly connect um, with, with cards. Um, I think I, I'm a little bit more optimistic on that just because, you know, even, uh, gamers who have gotten into the collecting now, they collect their favorite skins. So even though there isn't the utility of a game, there's still the connection to the skin. Um, you know, to me personally, and to your point, and I think that's a really big one to bring up, which is, okay. So like Ninja, what if Ninja, you know, comes into this and, and starts doing things to the market. Yeah. Like, like what kind of impact will that have? And I think that is just an inevitability because, you know, he's one of the faces of Fortnite. Even, even, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Bugga, which was the first, the, the first uh, World Cup champion of like Fortnite, you know, someone like him who, who has millions of, of followers on Instagram, um, you know, wanting to get into content, being more aware of this market. Um, you know, I think that's an inevitability. I think, I think part of the thing too, um, and, and I don't know if this will maybe, I don't want to say, uh, dull your, um, you know, speculativeness or, you know, against the market because there, there are some legitimate things going against it, right. That, that you have to bring up, um, to, to, to have a full conversation about it. But the other thing, too, that's not really getting talked about too much is that there are actually a lot of celebrities that are making moves within this market. So Derek Jeter just, you know, about a week or so ago bought a PSA 5 of a Black Knight Crystal Shard card. Um, so uh, that that's significant to me. And it, and, it, and there, there, there's there's people that I guess, you know, sorry, for himself or for his kid. Uh, for himself, it was a private sale. So I don't know how much that was. Um, but, but, you know, people like Ken Golden, uh, people like Steve Aoki, they're making these, you know, silent, silent moves. And these are things that are kind of like rummaging around in the market. And, and, you know, of course, um, to a those certain guys, degree, those guys scare me. <laughs> well, a lot of manipulation and not, that's not fair. I shouldn't say manipulation. A lot of they're looking to get in hot in and out of hot markets and, and involved in certain things that they think are going to go up. But they they push a lot of attention and they have a lot of connections. And so, listen, I I think that if Ninja and if these people collaborate and they get a lot of people in, you know, I mean, how could it how could it not go up a lot? Yeah, at yeah. least in the short term. And if you have people who are actually really committed to this specific version of it as like the Fortnite thing and we're going to really connect it to Fortnite, and we care a lot about this and they, they invest money like, like these, you know, Ken golden and what have you, that definitely makes me more optimistic because they're going to, um, they're going to try to encourage other people to get into it. Mm -hmm. And believe sure. it or not, that matters. That matters a lot. And as I said, kids are highly impressionable. So, um, <laughs> That's that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like I am not absolutely I am not trying to convince you into it. So, you know, go with caution and however your instinct yeah, takes I mean, you. I but... won't buy Fortnite cards because I just don't I, I don't feel a connection to Fortnite. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. you know, like I 
to me, like maybe at like $30, $40 a box to open for fun. But yeah. for, me, for me, it's like, I really try to not fall for value traps, which is like when something gets very valuable, now you want it. Whereas like before you didn't want yes. it. Yes. And I think that that's, that's where you get caught. And I think that happened a lot for so much in Pokemon too. And, and, um, and I think that that's happening everywhere right now. So that being said, like these things can be worth anything. And if these cards are short printed and most of it's already been opened up and there isn't very much of it and it's difficult to grade and it's extremely hard to pull the really hard ones and you have a lot of influencers joining the market who weren't there before, it, how could it not go up? Like you kind of be a fool to bet against that in the short run. I, I love how you did that all in one breath too. Like, boom, you were just right with it. But I mean, you know, you, yeah. you do bring up a lot of good points. And honestly, I think these conversations are good to have because then you really have to come with answers, right? You have to really come with something legit. So yeah. um, I think I people need to think about things. that there's a floor and I worry about you saying that it's an inevitability that the influencers come in. Yeah, I mean, that's that's sure. completely fair. That That's my bias. <laughs> yeah, because that would be like, for me, what I look for as a value investor is I look for people in my opinion, overly confident or overly pessimistic. And if people in a space to me are slightly overconfident, then I think, okay, well, they're pricing in something that I think is is a bit, is I don't quite agree with, okay? If they're overly pessimistic, then I think they're actually, they're actually, right, the prices are probably too low because the average person doesn't believe in this as much as I do. So that tends to be how I invest. So I'm always looking for, and to me, buzzwords, right, are like guarantee, you know, inevitable, yeah. like, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to like to pick on that. But for me, like that now, it might not be inevitable, but it might be highly, highly likely or already happening or something like that. And, and I don't know the space here. It sounds like you're, you know, quite an expert on the space or have really been been digging into it for a long time. So I'm just talking like broader market stuff that may or may not apply to Fortnite. But yeah, that's it, what I look for when I'm mm -hmm. when I'm gauging what do how do people who are in the market and really passionate feel about it and think about it are they very bullish are they very pessimistic where are they at within a cycle mm -hmm. um yeah yeah I, I can definitely i can definitely understand that for sure and i think it'll be really interesting so when i say floor it seems like there is a floor but i think really the test of it will come uh, like this winter time you know because people you know, like what, what will sellers do? Will they, will they, you know, demand these kinds of prices? And that's why I say, that's why I said before too, like some of it, I wonder, you know, how, I don't know if you would consider this manipulative or not, but if sellers are going into a market and there's not that much of those things in the market, and then they are kind of setting like these prices that they're not willing to go under, you know, is that considered manipulative? Is it a true floor? I mean, th those are all things I think. Um, people if definitely need to think sell about it at 1500 it's not worth 1500 <laughs> right <laughs> but if it's the only uh, one but if it's the only well, one too or very few it needs to actually sell in order to be worth something i agree so right because you can well you can say no you can't buy it for less than 1500 but if no one's willing to buy it then it's still not worth 1500 yeah yeah, yeah. i absolutely but, agree but you know it's an argument that was made in pokemon a lot like well why would anyone ever lower their price they should just hold out on rare items it's like well people lower their prices because they panic and they want money and they worry and they get anxious and if something doesn't sell for a while it will go lower 100 percent. 
and mm-hmm. people will, will start will start undercutting themselves and these sellers will start undercutting themselves. Now, yeah. if they're wealthy, if they're very wealthy and they're very patient and they have a strong conviction, it'll take them a long time to undercut themselves. And if they're coordinated. So for example, in MetaZoo, there are some wealthy people who own some of these sample cards and they're very coordinated and they talk and they're trying to raise the prices on a lot of these like $30,000 Mothman sample card, for example, and they push each other not to sell and to raise mm. the price. Now this is happening yeah. in the place in lots of different places. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those types of cards or those types of items, it's, it might be less likely or it might be harder or take longer for them to come down because the people who own them are maybe a little bit more savvy, a little bit less prone to panic, you know, a little bit more confident in the game or in the long term, those types of things. So you also want to be aware of who is owning the items. Um, and, and yeah, how sticky that that's going to be. But at the end of the day, if no one's willing to buy, it's going to, it has to come down or, or nothing will ever sell again. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Which, which is why I'm really interested to see how Fortnite does come December time, because that's around a time when people, you know, want to have a little bit more cash. So are, if, if sellers do feel that pressure to lower prices, you know, how quickly will buyers go in and buy at those prices? I think that'll be really interesting to see. And I think that'll give a really good, um, you know, a, a really good feel of maybe if, if things are properly priced or not. And, and I don't honestly know the answer to that. Um, you know, but that if, if, if millions of kids, if I start seeing those Fortnite things and new sets being opened up and I, and info big influencers that I think lots of kids are watching mm-hmm. $1,500 is probably an absolute steal in this market. Considering how much like meta zoo box, like all these different boxes are going for $1,500 is not a lot, believe it or not. I mean, it should be, but it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mania right now, but, but it's, it's really not for like a first edition, the most important set, particularly if there isn't that much left. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would definitely agree. Um, which goes back to, you know, it being crazy speculative. It goes back to not buying on leverage. It goes back to, you know, uh, these things are luxury items that could go down to zero. And, and we just have to keep those things at the, you know, the top of our minds, like at the end of the day. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't take any offense to things like this because especially someone like, like you, who's, you know, in, incredibly analytical and has a lot of practice with this. I mean, I think those are absolute legit questions. And, you know, um, if people aren't thinking about those things, um, you got to be a little careful. You have to, you have to think about those things. Right. Um, and I've been thinking many options. You have so many options to do with your money. So think I'm always thinking about risks and there are certain things that are more risky than others. There are certain things that have more upside than others, but you have so much, so many options, you know? So there are so many options in the collectibles world, so many options outside of the collectibles world. So, you know, just be thoughtful, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree 100%. Um, Which, you know, uh, I do have, so there are probably a shit ton of things that I can bring up, but I think we've been on for a really long time. I want to be respectful of your time because it's late for you now. I do have one last listener question that they wanted to ask. So I wanted to make sure to, to get them asked. So, so Potter 87 asks, um, do you see any long-term value in collecting Pokemon VHS tapes? 
I don't know anything about the VHS market right now. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not surprising, right? So all these different companies like are going to start grading, you know, and it's already started, right? They're going to, they're, there are tons of businesses that are going to start that are going to try to tell you this should be valuable and we're going to grade it and we're going to make money <laughs> and we're going to sell to you. The first question I'd ask is like, do you want that? And like, is that, you know, I think that there's a, there's this instinct of like, and I think it happened in modern Pokemon this year. There's this instinct of like, what's going to be the next thing where, what's the next thing that's going to explode and going after that money rather than asking that first question of like, does this, is this thing cool to own and cool to grade and enjoyable to have? Um, and I think we've gone, I think we've gone kind of a little bit off the rail or something, you know, from ask from people really centering themselves in that question and making collecting or investing decisions off of that. So what I would say on that is like, does anyone want that? Like who, who wants that? What does it look like? And I don't really know VHS tapes of Pokemon. I mean, I honestly, I don't even know like that, that that's a thing like of the movies or, or of the anime show or i'm not sure they don't mention but i'm with you it matters listen i think if it has a cool looking thing on it and it's fairly affordable it could have great value like i i don't want to hear i don't want people to hear that as like you know i'm definitely throwing cold water on it but like my part of my first reaction is like you know like what is this thing and 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 who's pushing it and why and um but that being said like I mean, I think some of the prices on video games are insane, you know, and maybe VHS, I was about to bring up video games, you know, VHS is maybe some prices are really low and it's kind of like there's some, you know, it's cool because it's it's of that era. It's a sealed thing of that era that has the Pokemon on it. And maybe that's much better value than some of these other things that are, you know, so I don't know. I'm with you. There's so much of it. There's so much of it out there. Uh, you know, that that's the first thing that always comes to my mind, too, with video games. There's so much of it. And we have no population reports. We don't even know how much has been graded, yet alone how much is still sealed and out there. You yeah, know, it's, it's um, the, the you know the prices that things have been reaching happen so quickly that there just hasn't been enough time to grade all of these things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, I could talk for a really long time about video games, which I don't collect any sealed video games or anything like that, and just sort of listening to other people smarter than me and just kind of watching what it's been doing. It's like, Holy crap. Um, it's definitely really scared me. Um, even though like, I still think video game collecting is cool, like getting really cool old PS2 games and stuff like that. Because the other thing that I think about as well is, uh, the preservation and the archivalness of the video games and being able to play them. Um, (laughs) <laughs> which you know it seems like a lot of these big companies are are pushing for emulation as the best way as a consequence like of of you know and i mean of course you don't want to have to emulate things yeah. but i mean i mean companies with what they're doing they're kind of pushing people to emulate their own games in order to keep a good archive of those games yeah. and so everything yeah. in the blockchain guys <laughs> The only thing that's safe. No. <laughs> the only thing that's safe. Yeah. That, that Agreed. Oh, gosh. There's so much to talk about, even with the black. Ch- I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go there because I'm just going to get all riled up because I want to put slabs on the blockchain. But that's, you know what? I, I, 
I, I might have opened up something. I'm gonna I'm gonna end that. Maybe maybe one day we should have another conversation on those things because that'd be that'd be Absolutely. really interesting to me um, to talk about those things. But anyways, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I do appreciate the time. So if you could just let everyone where they can find you, and if you have any parting thoughts. Um, yeah. Well, I would. Yeah. You know, if if anyone um, is interested, you know, in, in supporting me or, or watching more of my content. Um, I'm at Pokenomics as the YouTube channel. You can find me there. I have a Patreon where I do monthly um, private videos where we do a lot of analytics. We also have like a private Discord where, we, where we're kind of building that out right now. Um, that's $10 a month. And that's sort of like the main source of, of my income in, in, in this hobby outside of buying and selling cards. Um, and uh, I have an Instagram, Pokenomics underscore. So you can find me at all those places and anywhere you want to watch or support. It's greatly appreciated. Um, and no parting thoughts. Just thank you so much. It's great meeting you and having a chance to like hang out and talk about what we both enjoy and um, appreciate the, yeah, the spirited discussion. <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely i appreciate it um and i'll go ahead and make sure is it is your patreon under pokonomics as well yeah okay okay yeah i'll go ahead and, and put links to that um for sure so people have a chance to join um but yeah thank you so much and i hope you have a good night so <laughs> thank you you as well, you as well.